David and lose your praise for a few seconds. Lose yourself in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a feeling I feel in the house of the Lord today. I believe that we're ready for the word. And I believe that we're here for such a time as this. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. I'm going to move quickly. Because I feel that God wants to move in our altar services. Romans 13, 11. If you have that, say praise the Lord. And that time, knowing the time. That now it is high time. Look at your neighbor and say it's high time. It's high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. I'd like to preach a question in light of our upcoming services. And I ask it sincerely, not gimmicky. Are you ready for revival? Are you ready for revival? If there's someone next to you, I'd like you to just turn and shake their hand and ask, look them in the eye and ask them, are you ready for revival? All right, turn to someone else and ask them. Ask them sincerely, are you ready for revival? Amen. Amen, amen. Put your Bibles down, lift up your hands, let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you touch us right now, God. Lord, we've already felt your presence, but I pray your word would, would go deep in our spirit today. Revive us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, when I ask a question in church, you are probably saying in your mind something like, of course, we want revival. Probably be hard for me to find someone in this room right now who would say to me, I do not want revival. Uh, but I'm not asking if we want revival. I know the majority of us want to have it. And by revival, I mean that most of us want to see people saved. We want to see lives changed. But I'm literally asking, are you ready for revival? Or I could say it this way, are we ready for revival? And that's a very different question than do we want revival? I think that sometimes we approach revival as if it's something that God is unwilling or unable to give. But God is not stingy with revival. God is not stingy with the outpouring of his spirit. 
God is not stingy with the miraculous. Neither is his hand short that he is unable to reach down and touch us when he desires to touch us. And we don't mean to view revival that way. We don't mean to view God that way. But it just gradually becomes our default setting as seasons change. But God is not willing that any should perish. For God so much loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. He loves you. He loves me. And he loves sinners more than we love sinners. God loves our families more than we love our families. Did you know that? God loves our loved ones more than we love our loved ones. And God is the Lord of the harvest. That means God is invested. God is working. God is preparing the ground and laying the framework. Even when we don't see what he's doing, God is always preparing and working on our behalf. God is dealing with people right now who have never darkened the door of this building. God is dealing with people that you know personally. And you would look at them and never dream that God is dealing with their heart. But God is speaking to them. God is working in their hearts. They feel his touch. They feel his moving in their lives. And they sense that something is changing. That's the kind of God that we serve. And when a church fails to grow or when a church fails to be in revival, it is never God's fault. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, listen, the harvest is plentiful. It's ready. It's ripe. It's all around us. All you have to do is look out across the field and you can see that the field is ready for harvest. All you have to do is step outside the doors of this building and you can see there is a world that is ready for a harvest. God is ready and God has prepared the harvest. But he said the problem is not the harvest. The problem is the laborers. The laborers are few. It's hard to find people willing to work in the harvest field. And so it wasn't a harvest problem. It wasn't a God problem. It wasn't a drought problem. It wasn't a participation problem. It was a work problem. Now, I've heard this verse used many times in reference to starting new churches and calling people to ministry. But that's not really what Jesus was talking about. If you think you have to be a pastor to work in the harvest field, you've completely misunderstood the gospel message. If you think you have to have some kind of PhD or some kind of card that you carry that says you can minister the gospel to people, you have missed the calling of God in your life. God wants every single one of us to go into the harvest field and work and labor and reach and teach and draw and love and compel them to come into the message of the gospel. And it is very important that the church be gospel minded. We need to have a work mind. Now, I knew it was going to get quiet because when you say the word work, it doesn't necessarily get people running the aisles and jumping and shouting. But I want you to know that if you really are ready for revival, it means you're ready to get busy. It means you're ready to work. It means you're ready to do whatever God calls you to do. 
It means you're ready to be inconvenienced sometimes. It means you might have to miss lunch at Zaxby's every once in a while. It might means you might be late because the altar call went over a little long. And so you didn't get to have your favorite dessert that afternoon. Yes, sometimes it means you've got to be ready to let God do what he's trying to do. Do you want revival? Yes. Are you ready for revival? Only you can answer that question in your heart today. But I am challenging you to answer the question and know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, before you can answer the question fully and before you can really address the issue of whether or not you are ready for revival, we need to understand exactly what revival means because oftentimes we misconstrue the word and misuse the word. Webster defines revival as the process of reviving somebody. The process of bringing somebody back to life, back to consciousness or full strength. It's the recovering of life, consciousness or strength. A renewed religious interest in spiritual things or the reawakening of religious fervor. We tend to think of revival as something external that is for the lost who have never known Jesus. We think of revival as the growing of the church or the adding to the church of new people. But true revival happens inside the church and spreads into the surrounding community. My friend, my church brothers and sisters, I want you to know that revival does not begin with the lost. Revival begins with the saints. Revival begins at this doorstep. Revival begins on your pew. Revival begins in your heart. That's where the spark ignites and that's where the flame begins to spread. And when you allow the spark to ignite, it will spread outside the doors of this church. It'll spread into your family. It'll spread into your workplace. It'll spread to your neighbors. Amen. I believe that our lack of understanding of what true revival really is is illustrated in the way that we pray for revival. We typically pray and say things like, Oh God, change the hearts of sinners. Touch their hearts. Draw them in and stir them, Lord. And we're being sincere and it's good and it's right for us to pray in such a way. But true revival begins with a change in our hearts first. We have to make some changes in our spirit. We have to allow some things to happen inside of us. In fact, I have taken to the idea and the philosophy and doctrine that when I pray for revival, I always pray that God would revive me. That God would let it begin in my heart. Revival, by definition, is something that happens internally, an awakening, a recovery of consciousness, a recovery of strength, a recovery of vitality, of interest, fresh insight, a renewal. It's the renewed exercise of spiritual muscles. Have you ever fallen asleep? Anybody just testify with me? Have you ever fallen asleep on your hand? And you slept on your hand or your, or your shoulder or your arm. And you sleep all night that way. And you wake up the next morning. And you can't even move your arm. Anybody? Am I the only strange person here that ever happened to you? Maybe your leg falls asleep. Uh, that's, that's when your, your muscles, 
uh, are losing oxygen and they've lost blood flow and there's the beginning of atrophy that takes place and that happens spiritually to each and every one of us from time to time there is a numbing that takes place we don't mean to but we're like Peter James and John in the garden of Gethsemane God himself Jesus is calling us to deep prayer Jesus is calling us to a place of spirituality Jesus is trying to prepare us for his plan and his purpose that is going to be difficult because it includes a Calvary it includes a cross it includes a crown of thorns it includes a scourging and Jesus was trying to prepare them and himself for the cup that he was about to drink can you not pray with me for a little while but they were spiritually atrophied and they were falling asleep in the midst of God's plan and I'm trying to wake somebody up this morning because you are sound asleep in the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus is trying to wake somebody up hallelujah when your arm falls asleep in the physical or your leg or your hand, it's, it's strange. And, and, and as it begins to come back, there's a tingling that takes place. And, and there are things, movement that becomes hard. It can take a long time for you to have movement like you used to have. And when we fall asleep spiritually, our spiritual gifts lay dormant for far too long. We lose our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We lose our ability to feel after the things of God. It's drastically hindered. It's hard for us to pray in an altar service. It was hard for some of you today to feel the presence of God while other people were speaking in other tongues. You've had the Holy Ghost. You know what it means to feel God. But you've fallen asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's time for you to wake up. God wants you to be the prayer warrior that you used to be. God wants you to have the gift of tongues and interpretation. God wants you to have the gifts of the Spirit flowing from your belly like rivers of living water, but you've been asleep. Wake up! Ha-ha! You can't be ready unless you're ready to change. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! When you're spiritually atrophied, your prayers are repetitive. Your praise is weak. You feel embarrassed about what God is doing. Preaching seems strange to you. The word of God seems strange. Conviction is hard for you to take because you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. It's hard for you to respond to spiritual things spiritually because your muscles are atrophied. It's time for you to shake yourself like Samson. When your arm falls asleep, you know what they say to do? Start shaking yourself. Samson, shake yourself and let the let the power of God fall on you once again so you can break the chains that Delilah has put on you <laughs> I rebuke the spirit of Delilah right now in the name of Jesus I need a prayer warrior to lift up your hands I just bumped up against a demonic stronghold my God I feel it Hell is angry right now because we're getting ready for revival and we are calling out the dark spirits of this generation. (laughs) 
My God, we're about to break some chains in just a minute. In the Old Testament, revival means to have life, sustain life, live forever, or be restored to life or health. The word picture is a person or military force completely surrounded by the enemy with no way of escape. And in the moment of greatest despair, revival meant in the Old Testament that God steps in and rescues completely. That's where somebody is today. You need a revival. You need God to step in in the middle of your attack and rescue you pull you out of the mire clay he already delivered you once but he's about to do it again because you need a revival the only question i have for you is are you ready for a revival in the new testament the best word picture for revival is a christian waking up out of a deep sleep god uses the same word over 40 times to talk about the resurrection of jesus christ but god also uses this word to speak to a christian who has fallen asleep in his devotion to the lord i'm preaching to somebody right now you used to be strong in the lord and now you're weak in your faith you used to bind strongholds and now strongholds bind you you used to pray and now all you do is worry you used to walk in the spirit and now you stumble around in the dark I came to let somebody know God wants to wake you up God wants to set you ablaze with revival God wants your heart to burn within you like it did when he first filled you with his spirit and so Paul said, be seated, I'm almost done. Paul said, now is high time. Now is the right time. In fact, what he was really saying is, it's beyond time. It's past time. You've needed to wake up for a long time, and now it's the time. You've got to decide, am I going to wake up or am I going to stay here in this place? It's high time to awake out of sleep. Why? Because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I want you to know that the time is coming and you are closer to the rapture than you have ever been it is more important right now for you to be awake in the light than it has ever been don't be content with what God did for you 30 years ago go ahead and be set on fire today because now is the high time now is the right time to wake up We could even say renewal. Revival and renewal are closely connected words. They both refer to a renovation or a complete change for the better. Brother Ryan, you're preaching to the church. We changed a long time ago, yeah? And you backslid a little bit and you got some things in your spirit that God took out a long time ago and you need a renovation all over again because the enemy slipped in little by little by little and when God first saved you, you turned completely away from the world but you've been doing like Lot's wife. You've been slowly turning back. It's time for God to renovate your direction and set your feet on a rock to stay, to put you on the old paths of holiness, to put you on the righteous road because somebody has been asleep for a long time. And I feel a prophetic word. I'm going to give it to you even though I don't want to. Some of you have almost completely turned around and God will turn you spiritually into salt. It's time for you to decide. I'm going where God called me to go. I'm going to do what God called me to do. I will not fall asleep in the light. Hallelujah. And so 
That's exactly what Paul meant in Romans 12 too when he said, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing. Everyone said the revival. By the revival of your mind, the renewing, the renovation, the restoration of your mind, your thinking. We might say that we need to let God renovate the way that we think. We might say that we need to have a mental revival. And some of you have minds that are so filthy, sir, I'm preaching to you you better get a renovation of your mind it's why you can't worship it's why you can't feel God because you have filled your mind with garbage I rebuke it in the name of Jesus it's time to wake up and renovate your mind with the power of the Holy Ghost musicians go ahead and come I'm closing all battles physical and spiritual I'm going to say that again all battles physical and and spiritual physical is what you can see and touch and feel and taste spiritual is what you cannot see begin and end with the way that we think so we have to guard against spiritual laziness and spiritual slumber which happens in the mind listen to what jesus said in the parable of the ten wise and the ten foolish versions which is a parable regarding the coming of the lord and the rapture he said while the bridegroom tarried the bridegroom was taking longer than they expected him to take how long have we been preaching about the rapture Don't you think Jesus knew it was going to happen that way? While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. It was taken a while, and they got caught up with the right now. They got caught up with the immediate cares of life. Some of them became so complacent and sleepy that they refused to refill the oil in their lamps. But there were five that said, I'm going to keep it full. I know it's taken longer than I wanted it to take, but I'm not going to let myself get so sleepy that I don't maintain what he gave me in the first place, that I don't stay ready for his return because I know if he said he's coming, he's coming. I may not know the day, the hour, the minute, the second, but I know he's coming. And when he gets here, I don't want anything to keep me from being able to go. I don't want anybody who's a part of apostolic tabernacle to miss it when the trumpet sounds and nobody here is going to be able to borrow my oil you're not going to be able to borrow pastor's oil you've got to maintain your own oil you've got to wake up wake up are you ready stand with me I'm closing there, there was a certain ruler who came to Jesus He said, Jesus, my daughter is dead. Would you come and pray for my baby? And Jesus said, yes. And as he was walking there, a woman with an issue of blood came and touched the hem of his garment. It took him a while to get there. And by the time he got there, everybody in the house was weeping and wailing and mourning because... The daughter was dead. And Jesus looked at those mourners, those people who were without hope, and he said, don't mourn because she's only sleeping.
the enemy has convinced some of you that you are dead in your spirit and you are incapable of being revived and restored to what you once had in God. But I came to let somebody know, get ready. Because you're not dead. You're just sleeping. And all it takes is one touch from Jesus. He took her by the hand and said, get up. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm not dead. Come on, look at him and say, I'm not dead yet. Come on, look at him. Ask him, do you have breath in your body? Ask him. If you've got breath in your body, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord wake up and praise him wake up and shout wake up and worship because you've got breath you're not dead it's not over there's still a chance but my question for you today is will you get up to this altar and let Jesus touch you come on will somebody step out and say I'm ready I'm ready for God to do it in my heart. I'm ready for God to do it in my life. I'm ready for God to do the miracle in my spirit. Come on, come with your come with your worship. Come with your voice lifted. Come with your head lifted. for it. 